I decide after telling Amir about Tommy that I'm going to tell him everything. I tell him about Miguel. I tell him about James. I tell him, <laughs> I tell him about um, Junior <laughs> and Anthony. And he is very surprised. Very surprised. And I tell him about Michael and I tell him, I tell him everything. I don't go into detail with, I don't tell him about like Roxanne's name only because, only because he knows Roxanne's husband. And I just don't think that it would be, I don't know. I just felt like, yeah, it's probably not necessary to say that. It's not necessary to like our relationship to say that. Um, but anyway, yeah, I tell him pretty much everything. And I remember one day we went back to my apartment for like the first time ever. He got to see where I live. I still live in the same place. I still live in the apartment that I moved into when I first got to the city, which a little backstory here. It's a non-sexual one. But when I came to the city, the whole reason why I even decided to work at a gym in the first place is because I didn't have a place to stay. And I knew that I could use the gym to shower um, when I needed to. And in my interview, I met a housekeeper at the gym named Kyle. And Kyle was looking for a roommate. And he was like, dude, move in with me. And I happened to have just enough money to pay my first two months rent. And I got the job and I haven't missed a payment. So that worked out really well. And Kyle has been really, Kyle even told me like, dude, if you can't even make like the first payment, like, don't worry about it. Once you get, once you start working here and you get money, that's when you can pay me, which is really, really probably not a smart thing for him to do, but certainly a very kind and considerate thing of him to do me and Kyle have always gotten along he stopped working at the gym like shortly after I got hired um he started doing other things um and Kyle still comes in and out he's there um we're not super close but we're close enough um I really have a lot of respect for Kyle anyway so me and Amir um are hanging out at my place and he's like (laughs) he's like he's looking around and he's laughing and he's like dude like you live here like this is where you stay I said yeah and I know it's like it's not only is it small it's very it's just it it doesn't i don't know it 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 is small but anyway i told him you're like just because i have a new job and i'm making a lot more money doesn't mean that i want to automatically start spending above my means and he looks at me and he goes you are so fucking smart he says i need you to do something for me and i'm like what And he said, I want you to give me money. (laughs) And I was like, huh? And he said, no, I want you to give me money to invest. Whatever you can part with that you're not going to miss right away, give it to me. I want to help you. And I'm like, okay. And I wasn't thinking too much of it, but he was like really serious. And the next day, his lawyer, we meet with his lawyer, one of his legal counsel people from his company, they formed me a freaking LLC and they bring me in to like his company to an, as an investor. And I, it's not, a, I don't have a bunch of money, but what I'm willing to part with, they take it and he's doing something with it. I don't know. Anyway, that's beside the point. It's amazing how quickly him and I have become comfortable. And even with, like, I don't know, I was always afraid to, like, bring up money stuff with Amir because he's, it's been such a, it's been such a sore subject for him. 
Um, so I usually don't bring it up, but if he brings it up and Hey, if he wants to invest my money and I get a return profit out of it works for me. And he said, whatever, if, if for whatever reason it doesn't work out and like, say these companies go bust, he says, I will personally reimburse you for everything that you've put in. He said, but trust me, just trust me. And I do trust him. Things are even shifting at work. So this is, it's my first like quarterly meeting, quarterly sales meeting, quarterly company-wide sales meeting. Um, well, our, excuse me, our sales meetings are usually, you know, per club, but every quarter we do a company-wide sales meeting. Um, and this is my first one as a manager. And I know that things have been going, look, things have been going really well in sales. Um, we've been selling like crazy. And part of it has to do with like Randall and Randall's like kind of been like the team lead of, of, of the sales department. And when people are, you know, slacking off, like he's on it. And it's been such a great thing to have somebody who at first was not for me turn around and become my, my ally, kind of like Michael, kind of like Michael. But anyway, so we're in this meeting. George, who's my direct manager, is there. His direct manager, James, James has, has come in. And it's so good. To, let me just tell you, James is looking good. Like, he's letting his facial hair grow out. He has like a more, I don't know, like a, a rougher vibe going on. And I, when he comes in, I don't even recognize him. And then he flashes me that smile. And I'm like, oh, my God. And literally, those were the words that came out of my mouth. I was like, oh, my God. And he just laughed. <laughs> he just laughed. Um, and he said, it's a new look. And I said, wow. I didn't recognize you. There were other people around. So I didn't say, like, damn, you look good. But he looks good. Anyway, we're in the sales meeting. And I'm just like, I'm zoned out through half of it. They're, you know, they're going through, like, the awards portions. I don't expect to get any sort of like anything at all. Like I'm just, I show up, I work, I invest a lot in my team and that's it. I wasn't expecting anything, but then James gets up and he starts talking about some star manager who has, you know, gained 600% or how do you say this? What's after like quintuple, like sextuple? <laughs> no pun intended, but apparently this star manager has grown their companies, grown their club's revenue by 600% and has changed the club culture. And he's talking about all these things. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then he says, and I hired this person a couple years ago as a housekeeper. And everybody's on the call just kind of like looking around. And I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, I didn't know there was other managers. Um, in this region who started as housekeepers. I feel like I know everybody in the region. Who could he be talking about? Again, oblivious. And then he says my name. And I'm like, what? And he gives me the rising star, like rising star manager award, whatever it's called. And I'm just blown away. And everybody's clapping on the call and they hand me this award. And I'm just like, 
I, I literally was not expecting anything. Nobody said anything to me about it. I knew that George seemed kind of like smiley and, and different when I saw him, but I wasn't expecting an award from it. And he also says that my club is the highest revenue earner in the entire company and has been for the past three months. And he's like, way to go. And when I tell you, like, I'm floored, I'm really, really surprised. I could not have, I did not expect this. I prefer for sales to drive itself. I prefer to have a team of entrepreneurs. Let me put it that way. After the meeting's over, I'm sitting with George and James in the office. And George leaves for a second. And James is like, I am so proud of you. And he starts to laugh. He said, you know, I always knew you could do it. I just didn't expect you to thrive in this way. And I tell him, James, I could always tell James anything. I said, James, I'm scared. I don't know where this came from. And I feel like, and he said, you feel like an imposter. You feel like you don't deserve the accolades. But every single thing that you have right now, you've earned. I don't want to hear another word. I told you once and I'll say it again. You have no idea what you're capable of. Me and Amir haven't really stopped having sex at work. There are weeks where we do it every day in the showers. He always comes at like a low peak time right in the middle of the day. And I resolve myself to know, but it's always yes. It's always yes. You know, it starts with me seeing him walk by my office. Sometimes when I'm out on the floor, I'll see him working out. And I can feel him when he looks at me. And then when I know he's showering, I just quietly slip in. And he always fucks me. When, we're at, when I'm at work, he always fucks me. When we're at home, we trade off. And with Amir, it's like every single time is like the first time all over again. There's always something new to discover. And even when, even when there's not, it just feels so amazing. And his expression, whether he's in me, I'm in him, or whatever it is that we're doing to each other. For him, it looks like the first time. It never feels routine. It's always a something that I get to do, never something that I have to do. We've begun to experiment a lot more. I told him about James and he confessed to me that he's always kind of fantasized about BDSM. And he doesn't like it super, he doesn't like anything super out there or extreme, but he likes the restraints. He likes to be tied up. He had a way of handling me in the showers that was so completely in control. I loved it.
And then there were times, you know, when it was just him and I alone in the privacy of our space, he left for me to take control. And it was becoming more and more natural for me and more and more enjoyable for me. Um, I would come over, I'd meet him at the door. And I remember this one time in particular, just meeting him at the door. No words were exchanged before I grabbed him and kissed him. And I began to strip him down. Foolishly, we didn't even close the door behind us. Right through his front door, I carried him up to the bedroom, stripping off all his clothes, and I tied him up to the bed. Oh my God, it was so, it was so intense. You know what it's like when like you're so into somebody where it feels like you're communicating with them without words? It's like a dance. And I remember tying him up to his bed where he was completely like starfished out on his bed. And then I blindfolded him. And I just took my time teasing his body. He could become erect just by like me blowing on his nipples. They were so sensitive. And I loved to tease his neck and I loved the way he would look blindfolded and tied up and just like seeing that exposed esophagus portion of his neck and just lightly licking and kissing and all over him. And when he was like good and rock hard, like after so much teasing, when I knew he was just couldn't take anymore. I slid down on top of him and I fucked him hard. And when I say fucked him hard, like I bottomed, but it was like I was the one doing the fucking. He was completely restrained and out of control. And I wrote him like crazy. The way that he laughs, the way that he smiles and gasps in disbelief when he comes is like the biggest confidence boost for me. It's like everything I do to him is the best thing that's ever happened to him. And he makes me feel like I'm the best thing that ever happened to him, not just in the bedroom. All the time, you know, we'll be in normal conversation around the house. And there's times where he just stops and he looks at me almost in disbelief. And then he'll walk up and touch me almost as if to see if I'm real or like we'll be out in public, maybe shopping or whatever, going around the city. And like, he'll just stop for, he'll stop us. Like we'll be walking, he'll just stop us and he'll kiss me or he'll lean in and kiss me on the cheek or, you know, stuff like that. He holds my hand and I'm, you know, I'm beyond in love with him. I'm beyond in love with him. So it's a Friday night and we had just had sex. I talked to him this time. Um, and we're just sitting there laying in bed. And I know he has a business trip tomorrow and he asked me to come with him. He said he was going to fly 
But he said, if I come with him, that will drive. And he wants me to show him the city where I went to high school. And I don't know what I was thinking. But when he suggested it, like, I don't think about this place. I don't carry this around with me in the way that I feel like I probably would if I wasn't so busy all the time. But when he suggests it, I don't say anything for a long time. But just the mere suggestion opens up so much. And I am very curious just to see what things are looking like, how things are. And so I tell him, yeah, I'll show you. Early the next morning, we get up and we begin our drive. And it's fun. You know how, like, they say, like, if you want to know if you can be with somebody, go on a road trip with them. And I know it's not that long of a road trip, but it's going to be a good, I mean, back to where I'm from, it's a good, like, eight hours, maybe. And then it's, like, another hour and a half to San Francisco. So it's going to be long enough. (laughs) And we're driving and we're listening to music. Amir is driving. and he's playing, you know, like his records and whatnot, or his songs. Um, a lot of them I don't understand because they're in um, Arabic. And then a lot of like R&B too. Like he's a big R&B fan. Um, he loves, his favorite singer is Jaquise. Um, And I don't know. It's just, it's, we're just having such a good time talking, laughing, listening to music. He's turning me on to things I've never heard before. I have stuff for him. And it's just... It's it's a really good time. As soon as I come across a street sign, a street sign, what do you call those things? You know, like those signs on the side of the road, it's like 10 miles to this town. And I see our place, our town, my town. Instant regret. My stomach knots up. I start breathing really hard. And I am a nervous wreck and Amir just reaches over and holds my hand and he says are you okay and I look at him and I am okay so we exit off of the main um interstate and it's about a five mile drive off of like a little a little um junction road about five miles and then you hit a cross street and that's basically the town (laughs) um and we do, and Amir's like, wow, you were not lying. This is small. And I was like, yeah. I was like, this is downtown. And his eyes go wide. He said, this is downtown? And he was looking around at the buildings. And I was like, yeah, this is our downtown. And then we make a left turn down to where the school is. And I see the water tower that says, you know, home of the, I won't say the name, but home of the blank. And it has our city name on it as well, too. And I'm just looking up at it. And I'm a kid again. And I'm so small and insignificant. I just feel like coming here was a really bad idea. But I'm committed. And I show Amir around. We go back to my high school, a place I never thought I'd step foot again. And the gate to the football field is open. 
and we walk out onto the field and I see the bleachers and the lights and it's too much. The grass must have just been cut and watered and with the smell of it, I can, he- I can hear them. I can hear them. I can hear the crowd screaming. I can smell the food. I can smell the metal. I can hear the clanking of plastic against plastic as boys lined up like soldiers clash into each other. I can hear the girls screaming, the cheerleaders, the whistles. It's all there. All those memories trapped in droplets of water hanging from blades of cut grass. We head back to the car and we need to get gas before hitting the road. And so we stop at the gas station that's right up the street. Mind you, this is a town where everybody knows everybody. I have my hat low. I'm trying to be as discreet as possible, hoping that nobody notices me at all. I buy some Gatorade and some sort of snack, probably Pop-Tarts, <laughs> from, the, uh, from the, um, the gas station, the convenience store. And I walk out, just about to make it back to the car. When I hear a voice call my name, a very familiar voice. How could I not have seen the truck? How could I not have seen? I just, what was I blind? Like it was right there the whole time. And I just, what? Young man, the voice says, I'm like, oh my God, no, 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 no. And I contemplate getting in the car and not turning around, but Amir still is pumping gas and we're not going anywhere. So I turn around and it's Tommy's dad. I have a lot of respect for Tommy's father. He's been like a second father figure to me and I will not turn my back on him. So as difficult as it is, And as much as I now realize, like, I'm with Amir and Amir's my boyfriend, how, like, as I'm turning around, I didn't even consider, like, how am I going to explain that Amir's my boyfriend, I'm gay, and if that's true, then maybe the rumors about what I, about what people have said I've done to Tommy are true. Maybe that's all true. Maybe I'm the pervert who forced himself on Tommy and, you know, Tommy had to beat beat me off of him. Maybe it's all true. And I turn around and said, it's good to see you, son. You've been taking care of yourself. And that whole childness thing is coming out of me again. I have no, I have no, I feel small next to Tommy's dad. And I tell him, thank you. And I don't know if it was just the course of 
a cordial conversation, filling in the gaps of of space in the conversation, because it, it came out so automatically. I said, how's Tommy? I said, Tommy's in the army. I said, oh, that's cool. And he just kind of rolls his eyes and he says, yes, that's cool. He looks past me and he says, who's your friend? This happened faster than I was expecting. And I said, this is my boyfriend, Amir. And I watch his eyes carefully. And without missing a beat, he walks over to Amir and he shakes his hand. And he says, it's nice to meet you. For, 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 for Tommy's dad to shake hands with anybody, it's kind of a big deal. Then he turns to me and he did something he's never, ever done. He puts his arms around me and he hugs me and he hugs me tight and he says, just so that him and I can hear, I know what people have said and I know it's not true. I know who you are and I know you didn't do the things that people say that you've done. He breaks from me and it's taken, it's taken everything in me not to break out in tears. I couldn't have asked for this. Tommy's dad looked down at me and he smiled. Well, I mean, what counts as a smile for him, it's more like the wrinkles in his forehead kind of smooth out and his ears kind of go up a little bit. <laughs> and he looks down at me and he says don't be a stranger son and he gives me a reaffirming squeeze on my shoulders he looks over at Amir and he gives him a slight nod and he gets back in his truck and he takes off instantly instantly years and, and years of guilt and shame disappeared. You know, Tommy knows what happened. But the only other person who I really cared about, who was attacked, who I was, who I really was concerned might think ill of me or think that I had done something wrong was Tommy's father. And to know that he didn't think that way, to know that he still cared for me and loved me and believed in me was everything. Me and Amir get back in the car and we keep driving. This little detour made this whole trip beyond worth it.